0: Grab your Bibles, uh, follow along, we'll try to do it on the screen and stuff too, so that's a little different, but I'd love for you to take down some notes, and uh, to be honest, I, I just, I've just i had this faith versus fear thing on my heart and mind, and I've heard both people, uh, or people use both of these terms of like, I'm not going to live in fear, which is great, we shouldn't live in fear, God forbid, we, we're not living in fear, uh, but at the same time, people say, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to live by faith. And then we scratch our heads and say, well, what does that look like right now? I mean, in a practical sense, and, and I'm, I'm probably going to speak on this for a couple weeks. So there will be some things that maybe we don't cover today, or maybe you have questions. Man, put that in the comments. I'd love to know what you're thinking. I'd love to know what's going through your heart and mind as well as we go through this. So uh, to have faith, and at the same time, let's not let fear control us. So what is the difference? And here's the verse that I've heard uh, said a lot. Um, uh, 2 Timothy 1:7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Man, l- l- let's look at this, this, this fear in, in the context of this. Because I think sometimes we can label some things as us living in fear, and you'd look at it and say, that, that's not fear. Fear, if we take it from what the Bible says, if you notice, and let's just break this verse down right here before we go to Proverbs, and that's where I really want to kind of zone in on tonight is in Proverbs, but I wanted to tackle this thing about fear. And um, it, did you notice it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. It's lowercase spirit. Uh, it's it's kind of like the attitude or the mindset. God has not placed in you a mindset to be consumed, to run, to retreat, in fear. And you say, well, see, that's, I've heard that, and I'm not sure what that means. Fear means to be timid, faithless, or fearful. And, and you've got to understand what was going on in, in this context of this. Uh, Paul was writing to young Timothy, and he was telling him as he was preaching, and he was facing opposition, don't back down, don't quit, uh, he said, be thou an example of the believers, even in your youth. I'm, I'm sure he was receiving some conflict, some people saying that you don't have the rights to do this. And Paul is challenging him. He says, you know, uh, whatever you do, go, go all out for Jesus Christ and don't live with regrets. Because fear, that's talking about this spirit of fear, it's, it's how we talk or how we act, how we're reacting he said, man, don't, don't back down, Timothy. He said, man, stand up, be bold for your faith. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. See, fear is something that gets into our minds and begins to control us. Like for Timothy, I'm sure it was here that he's thinking, well, I'm not good enough, and, and maybe I'm not called, or maybe they're right, and we, it brings worry. It consumes our mind. If you have fear, your mind's traveling in other ways. You're thinking the what ifs and we think of worst case scenarios and we watch the news and we go to bed with anxiety and God didn't give you that either. Uh, Fear can make you sick. Fear can make you uh, paranoid about what's going on with your kids and things like that. It brings anxiety. So Paul was talking to this uh, young pastor and he was giving him, he said, man, speak the truth. Don't don't do it in fear, but speak the truth with boldness. Be bold, be confident in the gospel. And he even said, in the spirit of love is what should be the spirit of power, that 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 God-given power, that spirit of a sound mind, of, of sound reasoning that he was giving us, the spirit of discipline. See, see, love drives out fear. So if we're if we're dealing and struggling, if we're struggling with fear, man, think about. To think on these things, whatsoever things are good and pure and right. You start putting those things in there, and all of a sudden you'd re, you be reminded that God loves you, that God is for you, that God is in control. And the Bible says that perfect love will cast out fear. It, it, it can't reside in there because everything that God gives us is opposite of that fear. It casts those things out. And it's amazing how. When you have the love of God or the love for others that the Bible tells us to have, how it changes your mindset. It's amazing. If my house was on fire, in wisdom, I would know to run out of my house. But if I knew that my family was still inside, in love for my family would conquer my fears and drive me to go in there and rescue them, and there is a difference there. It's talking about the power of love, of, of the power of God and of a sound mind. So the meaning of this verse right here, that God wants us to not back down from the gospel. God desires for us to be bold and confident and passionate with the truth. We, we should not be pushed back by Satan. We should not allow his tools to push us back. But we're talking about being a fearless Christian. I would say to saying in context of what the Bible is saying about being a fearless Christian, say, man, praise God, I want that. And you would too. Say, man, I want to live fearless for God. As long as we're saying it in the right context of things, because I think we label certain things as being fear and faith when maybe they shouldn't be labeled as fear and faith. You know, as, as, I want to make sure we're doing this in the right context. Uh, people can take the idea of being fearless and and be stupid. Um, I, I saw this picture today when I was le- uh, on this subject and talking about this. And there was this this picture of this guy that was uh, I don't know if he worked at some place that was like a zoo or whatever. And he had his head in an alligator's mouth. And in this alligator, I mean real alligator, uh, a live animal. And he stuck his head in his mouth. And and I'd look at that. And w- would you label that right there as fearless? You know, because that's, that's in our minds. Like, well, nothing fears me, and I, I, can, I can do anything. And you sit there and say, as a Christian, I don't have fear, so I could stick my head in an alligator's mouth. Is, is that being fearless? And You say, well, obviously that guy was fearless in doing that. See, you could even say, I'm going to stick my head in there. But God has not given me a spirit of fear. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of anything. See, I want my kids to grow up being fearless for God. I do. I want my kids. Uh, you guys know that Jordan... My oldest just got back from the Philippines. And I, I, was, I was proud of him as he was pursuing God and, and raising the money and going over there. And he flew over there and back by himself, being 19 years old and, and all these other things. And I love that. I want that to be the spirit that God has of, of love and of power and of sound, sound mind and not being afraid of doing those things because God is able to lead us. But, but there's another side to this as well. If I saw a snake... I would point it out and tell my kids to stay away from it. Now, you could say, well, Pastor Tony, you you must be fearful of a snake. Well, let me explain that before you start labeling me as fearless or being fearful, I guess you could say, and say, so you have a spirit of fear about you. It's the same thing when my kids were little. I would uh, not let them play in the front yard ever unless I was out there. And if I was out there, I was making sure that they didn't go in the street and you say, why would you do that? Were you fearful of, of them? No, I was using wisdom. And, and that, that's where I want to kind of lay some of these things out. There, there are some things that right now that we can accuse people of living in fear, but I wanted to be out there so that I could make sure that they were okay. I want to be, live by faith, and I want to trust God. But then right now, just in the practical sense, this, this, some of this stuff has happened lately. I've heard of people, like you've even said to me, and says, well, we went out shopping, and we bought... An extra roll of extra packs of toilet paper. Now, pastor, I'm not being in fearful. I'm not. I don't want you thinking that right now. And I know come across like that. I say, Well, wait a minute. Why why do you have it in your mind that taking action right now or doing some things right now is being fearful? Shopping or washing your hands and those different things. So almost like Christians have to feel like they have to justify certain things. So I think we need to have an understanding: of what is faith and what is fear. There is fear and there is faith. But practically speaking, what does living by faith right now mean? I mean, I want to know that. I mean, Lord, what am I supposed to do right now? It's like, and and just saying, I'm going to live by faith, that sounds good. But I mean, what does that look like in in, in practical sense of this? You know, the the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. It's it's how we're to live. Faith in God. So right now I want to... I want to speak from my heart, and I've got another passage here in James, but then I want to, I want to speak to you guys out of Proverbs. And I, want to, I want to connect the dots of this and explain what, what the Bible is saying about this. It's living for me by faith right now, and I'm just talking about myself because sometimes we just list off points, and but we don't make application. This is from me. Living by faith. I don't want to live by fear. I don't want to be consumed uh, with with what could happen or the fears of the what-ifs. I I want to live bold in my faith, but at the same time, this is what I'm doing moving forward. Number one, I'm asking God what to do. I'm I'm asking God what to do because I tell you, right now, we're going to get from, if if you're on social media, you've already had 10,000 opinions of what is right and wrong, what you should do, what the governor and president should do. And I think Proverbs, uh, in a number of passages, it tells us to start with wisdom and asking God. And the Bible says in James 1.5, and I say this to every person, every teen, every mom, every dad right now, listen to this. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally, and it breatheth not, and it shall be given him. Here's what I have said a number of times in a situation like, because we're we're walking in things right now that I've, I've never been through, just being honest, and, and, and I don't know what to do. And I know you would all be the same, just like there's things happening in my family, with my kids, with my job. But we're making decisions right now with our finances, making decisions about church, outreaches, program, Easter. We step back, and the Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, literally no, taking knowledge and knowing what to do with it, we need to stop and ask God. And I think that's so important for us to do. Of You say, why would you ask God? Well, let's, let's think about it. We're talking about faith because I trust God. And, and if, you, if you have total confidence that God has the answer and that God will guide you, you'll ask God too. We can talk about faith and say, man, I trust him. I, I, I have complete confidence in God. And then God says, well, come to me and I'll let, let me tell you what to do. Let me show you what to do during this time. So through a lot of things right now that I don't know what to do, I'm, I'm simply asking God, Lord, help me. And I don't think I'm going to have all the answers because I think right now we're on a spiritual journey. I think all of us are on a spiritual journey, not only me as a pastor, us as a staff, you as a family, us as a church. So there's a lot of things that I have knowledge about right now, but I don't know what to do with that knowledge. I don't know how to execute this. So take your Bibles now to turn to Proverbs Proverbs chapter 1, and, and I want to just spend the rest of this time um, walking through, honestly, just asking God what to do. Because the Bible says in this, uh, Proverbs, if, if any man, or in uh, James, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, if you don't know what to do, let him ask of God. But what are we asking God for? What, how are we asking him to work in this? So in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, the proverb of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. See, wisdom is different than knowledge. See, we can receive uh, knowledge all day. A lot of you are reading articles right now. If, you're, if your kid is sick uh, with asthma or something like that, and you're thinking, what if they get it? I'm, I'm going to read up on this. What should I do because of the stock market? What should I do about my finances and my job? Should I take unemployment? Should I... All these different things right now. We have a lot of knowledge being given to us. But we're stepping back saying, God, what, what do we do with this? Lord, how do I act this out? It's, it's kind of like having a teenager going through driving school. When they first start off, they get the, the, the booklet and they go through about what a stop sign is. And you know what, what, a, um, what the different lights mean and the different things that go on and the caution, caution signals and things like that. But then once they get in the car, they have to take everything that they've learned and learn how to execute it, learn to know when to go and when not to go, when, when to slow down, how to take a curve and things like that. And that's what we're asking God, like, Lord, as we're driving through this, we've got all this knowledge, Lord, help us to know what to do with it. So wisdom is applying knowledge. So I'm asking God, Lord, what do I do? Here's number two, and I, I want to share this with you guys, too. Um, I'm learning, and I'm listening, and I'm going to take this straight from Scripture. And I, and I think this is so important. And I'm, I said I'm speaking from my heart. If, if we would ad- admit that a lot of us, number one, don't know what's going on in our world right now, and to pretend like you do is probably foolish, to sit there and say this is stupid. We don't know what it is. And a lot of things that, that we might not even know until one, two, three, four weeks from now and I think this is good advice from James 1.19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That's, that's Bible right there. Do you, do you know how much our world around us needs Christians to live that out? My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, Man, And a lot of things with things like this, people come up and say, what do you think? I don't know. D- just being honest, I don't know. And, 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 and sometimes we're so quick to say, well, this is stupid. And why is he doing this? And this makes no sense. They could have knowledge that's down the road that we don't, don't even know what's coming. They're, they're researching. They're asking. They have the science and some of these things behind it. And a lot of us have opinions. But there are some things that maybe we should slow down and be swift to hear and slow to speak. Because sometimes when we make statements on Facebook or we're, we're making comments and we're running down politicians and leaders that honestly are, are, are taking it a day at a time and doing a lot of things that are making them unpopular because they're just trying to do what's right, I, I want to be slow to wrath because that's what the Bible tells me to do. And I don't, I don't want to make assumptions about things and I don't want to put myself out there if I don't know. Going back to Proverbs The Bible says in Proverbs 1-2, now listen to this. This is a book of wisdom, okay? To know wisdom and instruction to perceive words of understanding. Now remember, we're talking about living by faith. And we're asking God, what do I do? And God says here, this is what you do. Let me give you a game plan for Christians right now. If you don't know what's ahead and you don't really know what to do, here's here's some instructions for you. To know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. The word perceive means to think. It literally means to ponder. It it, it means to receive it and deal with it wisely, to take it in, to process it. Let it affect your heart. Let it affect your mind. Have you ever thought about something and you were so convinced about something one day, and then the next day you wake up, you're going to go tell your boss off or you're going to quit your job or whatever. The next day you wake up and you're thinking, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to do that. It's like, I'm changing my mind on that. Because you had time for it to sink. And I think, I think that's what God does, is it works on our hearts and minds. He opens up our reasoning. He, he helps us to process things. That, that word perceive right here, it, it says to perceive words of understanding. Man, just before you start speaking, let me, let me step back as a leader. I say that to leaders. I say that to parents instead. Let me process this. Let, 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 let it affect my mind. I, I remember I was in times that I was going to make a decision on buying a car that I was really caught up on buying. i really convinced to do that. And then I had to wait. And all of a sudden, the process of waiting, I decided, you know what, that's not the right thing to do. I, 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 was, I was quick, or I, was, I had to slow myself down. We, we all have opinions right now. Man alive, do we have opinions. But man, I, I really don't understand everything that's going on. And I can, I can firmly admit to that. The Bible says in verse 3, to receive the instruction of wisdom. To re- receive instruction of wisdom. Man, I, I, we're good at that, talk, talking to our kids about this kind of stuff. It's like, man, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I've been there before. You guys need to slow down. You need to listen to dad. You need to listen to mom. You don't need to be standing on a a, a, a chair like that or whatever to receive instruction, justice, and judgment, and, and equity, to receive it, to teach me. Man, that's what I'm saying right now. I, I, I want to learn. I want to grow. I, I want to I know what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking wisdom in all this. But notice verse 4, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. The young man is a description here of the inexperienced. And it's like like if somebody went out for the very first time, and I remember when Jordan and Logan went out looking at cars for the very first time, I'd already bought my lifetime 15, 20 cars. So at that point, I, I, I'm going to give to those that are unlearned, and I'm going to take some of the things that I have learned and give it down to, to them. Now, I can tell you, when I was a teenager, I didn't follow that advice completely. I remember I found this... Uh, this car—it wasn't online. There was no online back then, and there was no picture of this car. It was in the want ads of a newspaper. So it's old school here. So I remember telling my dad that I wanted this car so bad, and I was already pre-approved. I had the money. Uh, I, I had everything that I need. And my dad was like, "Are you sure, son? Are you sure?" I said, "Yes." So we went there after my dad got off work, and it was really late at night. And I remember we pulled into this parking lot. I couldn't see the car. I'm going around. We're using flashlights and all this stuff to buy a car. My very first car. My dad says, here's what I would do, son. I would, I would back up. We need to just uh, wait till tomorrow, think about this, come back, take another test drive. I said, Dad, I really want this car. And I, I'm, you know, I think this is what I need to get. And so dad said, okay. And he let me do it. And I remember getting it home. And the next day, the sun came up. And all the paint was peeling off the car. It was one of the ugliest things you've ever seen. And she told me, there's some issues with the paint, whatever. I said, oh, I don't care about that. I'm not being picky or whatever. But literally, as I, was dri- as I would drive, the, the, uh, the, uh, the top coat of the paint would like flake off and fly on my windshield. And it would like flake in the wind. And uh, it, was, it was horribly ugly. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. And if I would have stopped... If I would have stopped and admitted that I didn't know, it would have saved me from a big mistake. I think sometimes we don't stop and admit that I just don't know. I really don't know what's going on right now. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. He was telling it, he said, verse 5, because a wise man, you're you're asking God, Lord, make me wise. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And God says, okay, okay. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what it looks like on a daily basis. If you're going to want wisdom, this is what I'm asking you to do. A wise man will hear. That's what a wise man will do. Verse 5, a wise man will hear. Man, that's, that means that I've got to shut my mouth and stop my typing for a minute and just listen. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And I'll tell you, my opinion about things that are going on today is way different than they were seven days ago. Because I stopped, I asked, I learned, and I just waited. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. And that brings me to this third point. It's, it's, we ask God, we, we, we learn, and we grow. But number three, what I'm doing is I'm seeking wise counsel. And I, I think that's something that all of us can learn from, and that's something that the Bible gives us clear instructions to do, is to attain unto wise counsel. If you guys want to come to me right now and ask me questions about going to college, I, and I've done this with the teens before and said, "Do you guys need advice about picking a college, going to college, I've, I've been all the way through school, I've been through college, I've been through my master's program, I could sit there and say the good, the bad, the ugly, what I've learned, what I would do, what I wouldn't do, all these different things. And you say, how would you be able to say all that? Well, there's things that I've learned and things that I've done in places that I've been that maybe they've not been. And so the idea is to take what I've learned and to pass it down because some of those people before me and me myself, when I got to that point, I was asking God, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. So I learned the good, the bad, and the ugly from doing that. And so what God has given us through wise counsel is he gives us people in our world, in our lives, in our families, people that have gone down roads already, that have already learned things. And the whole thing that God gives us to do so that we don't make mistakes is we go in there and we pass that knowledge down. It's just like if you were diagnosed with cancer or something right there, you'd say, well, I just feel like it's a stomach ache. And, and, then, and you sit there and say, the doctor goes in and runs tests and stuff. No, it's actually cancer. If you don't attain and listen and adhere to wise counsel, the Bible says that fools reject wise counsel. I, I think that's important for us to understand right here. The word attain, a man will attain to wise counsel, It means to seek it out. It means the desire to have it. And, and I mean, you said, well, wait a minute. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That is very true. But then in Proverbs, God starts explaining how he does it. Wouldn't it be great if you just got on your computer or your, your phone and it says email from God? And God says, well, I'm, I'm giving you the instructions, but God works through people. God works through those that have already gone through things and learned things, and he passes it down. Wise counsel, God just works through them. And I believe that right now there are people around us that are literally beating the drum and stirring up fear, No doubt. Because, I mean, they're going to do anything to up ratings, get attention, get likes and follows and shares and whatever they have to do. We all know that. But at the same time, I do believe that God brings into our, our country and to our nation, to our families and churches, people that they have asked for counsel and wisdom, and then they pass that on. And the Bi- Bible says a wise man will attain to wise counsel. And in, in the, the warning here is, in verse 7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, that fear that it's talking about is respect unto God. Man, I remember it's the same thing as me having respect unto my parents. Remember the words when I was a kid that my mom would say, well, you're going to get it when your dad gets home. And I knew what that meant. Now, I didn't fear my dad, but I, I, I had a respect for my dad that I knew what that meant. I think we have to have an understanding to listen to what God says because he's in control. He is our father. He is the authority. And we start with that respect, that awe, that reverence of God's authority. Is, so he says, when, when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, it's because I'm God. I'm in control. And you better listen to me. But listen to the rest of this. But fools, fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fool does. What does that look like? A fool is, these are dangerous words. If somebody's saying, I, I don't care, I'm stupid. You know what, I know I know that's what you're telling me, but I really don't care, I'm gonna do my own thing. I think we have a lot of fools in our world that the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. We, we all have opinions what to do, and God says, you know what I'm gonna to do to protect you? I'm gonna give you wisdom. I'm gonna give you counsel. You better attain unto it. You better listen to it. An example that he said in here, and he said in, Uh, Verse eight, my son, hear the instructions of thy father. Do you notice it's not just saying God. It says, hear the instructions and forsake not the law of thy mother. Why is this important? Well, he's giving a physical illustration here of a mom and a dad. A mom and a dad represent authority. A mom and a dad represent people that have already gone through life, got married, bought homes, bought cars, gone through financial difficulties, had jobs, all this other stuff. And he says, I'm gonna put these people in your life as authority in your life, and he says, "The advice that I'm going to give you is you better hear the instruction of thy father." That is wise. Saying, "God, I want to live by faith," and God says, "Well, then you better seek wisdom. You better listen. You better follow up these things. These, these, this is living by faith. It's, it's asking God, and God's speaking through these avenues to give you understanding, understanding in your life. This is what God has called us to do. To to warn you, man, we do dumb things when we don't have." authority in the people in our lives and we and it makes so much sense to us just to do our own thing when i was a teenager i had a friend that said i know something really cool that we can do and he said come with me he says and i got in the car after school i drove to him went to an area that i'd never been before I, I didn't even know what we were doing and we got out at these railroad tracks and then um he said this is really cool And so we got out on these railroad tracks, and we're walking the tracks. And I said, "Well, is there any trains coming?" I said, "This is kind of weird." He he says, "The the train won't come till about 3:30," and I can't remember what time it was, but it was close to that. And I remember getting to a bridge, and a train bridge. All it was was the tracks and the rail, uh, the rails going across. And it was really, it was probably like 20, 30 feet up. It was really high. And he said, "Let's see if we can't make it to the other side and back before the train comes." And I just remember thinking, this is so cool. This is awesome. In my mind, in the moment, that was it. And I remember going all the way across, and then we, we, we were just paranoid about making it back. And by the time we made it back, about three, five minutes into our walk back, here comes the train across. And you say, that was stupid. You have no idea how stupid that was. Because if I would have been on that bridge when the train come, I would have either had to get hit by the train or jump. It was dumb. It was so dumb i thankful that if I would have asked my mom and dad and said, hey, do you care if I go walk on these railroad tracks and do this, they would have said no. But so often we do our own things. We don't listen to wisdom. And I want to tell you right now, if there's, if there's wisdom that we can do right now, if there's the right thing that we can do, it's be slow to speak, back up, look to God. God, what, what do you want me to do? Lord, show me. And then God whispers and says, I'm going to do some things. I'm going to give you knowledge. I'm going to give you instruction. I'm going to speak through people. I want you to attain wisdom. I want you to be slow to wrath. I want you to do these things and listen to the people, just like my kids have parents in their life. God says, Listen to the people that I've put in your life to guide you and lead you. I'm not saying that we agree with everything of everybody in government. But man, with some of the things that they're talking about doing of protecting and saving life, they're not asking us to throw at our Bibles. They're talking about sanctity of life. They're talking about the value of every person's life and doing that. And he says, this is what we get. Verse 9, and they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. They is in the instruction. Literally, it's, 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 it's a decoration of, for Christians to walk away saying, Man, I've, I've looked to you through this. And they, it's, they say, man, you, you've had the right attitude and the right respect and slow to speak and all these things. I say, what was it? It's because that instruction that we follow, it's, it's not being fear, but it's being wise. I, I'm not gonna stick my head in the mouth of an alligator and say that I'm fearless, because what that is is stupid. And there's certain things that we can follow wisdom right now and following wisdom is not being fearful. It's being smart. It's following in the steps of what God has given us. It's, it's, it's acknowledging that if there's a cliff, I'm not going to let my kids get close to it because God has given me wisdom and knowledge of what that is to protect those around us. And I think those things are important. Ask God, let's learn and listen and follow wise counsel. And these things, I truly believe, will be an ornament to Christians. It would be that necklace about us uh, of people being able to see something that God's doing in our lives.